Welcome to today's episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend, partner, and the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, one of the things that we get really hung up about um, is how much equity we have in a startup, right? Like whether we're, you know, founding and trying to split equity, we're joining and trying to decide what our our our, our vested, uh, you know, equity will be at some point, but like. What's the reality there? Let's let's talk about what that actually represents, right? Because we we get really, really, really hung up on this. Not a week goes by where you and I don't have multiple conversations with people who are having some conundrum with how much of something they own. Is that really what they should be thinking about? No, I mean they're so they're so focused on, like you said, the percentage. They don't realize yep. that. Owning 100% of something that's not liquid is the same as owning 0%. <laughs> it's, it's the same right. math, yeah. right? And right. so what, What's what I think worth? we should talk about. Nothing. Right. Yeah, right. I, I think we should talk about the probability of liquidity, right? I think we yeah. should talk about, yeah. um, let me think about how long it takes to become liquid in times of factor. You know, I think we should right. dig into all of everything around why, how much you own is probably the thing you should be concerned about least. Yes. And yet it's the one thing because everybody understands, you know, uh, slices of a pie that everyone gets hung right. up on. And I think right. it, it leads right. to more founders and founding teams, employees, et cetera, making really poor decisions because they're distracted, you know, right? And, and yeah. later on, you'll find out. Later on, you'll find out when you had 30% of the company and 10 years later, it's worth nothing, that maybe yeah. that was the wrong move. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Right, yeah. I, I could have been focused on something else, like maximizing the value of whatever percentage I own, right? This is probably where your head needs right. to be at. Well, I mean, let's start with the, the probability factor, right? Sure. The one thing, it's, it's hard to understand whether or not what we're about to get involved with has a probability right. of success, right? Yeah. It's a given. In, in, in that case, we're all starting, let's say, from, from zero. We're all just starting the company for the first time. Sure. Can't, okay. I mean, some starts are better than others, but generally speaking, none of us knows, right? Right. But if you were evaluating a company to get involved with, right? Let's yeah. say you're an employee. Very different. And this, this yeah. works the same with founders kind of pitching their story. So I want to make sure that they understand that this isn't just about employees evaluating it. It's about you pitching your story to employees and how they're evaluating it or should be. Yes. Um, what we're going to look at are two scenarios. Scenario A, I've got 30% of the company, but we just started today, right? So right. no idea what the probability or outcome is going to be. Yes. Scenario B is I've got 0.03% of the company, but we're going public in a year. Very different outcome. <laughs> What's missing there isn't, isn't this discussion over how much I own. It's whether right. or not it'll ever become liquid to begin with. And that's, right. you know, that's the, the hang up, you know? Yeah, that's the point where it actually, the, the equity itself has value, right? And like right. you said, at that very, very early stage, super hard to determine, super hard to figure out. 
um, whether it's ever going to have any value or not. And right. just because it develops value also doesn't mean that it's going to have liquid value, right? We, we see this all the time, right? right? So right. we can, you know, the, 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 the VCs love to tent their fingers and then point and go lifestyle business, <laughs> um, right? Which, okay, there, there is something to that, right? Which is to say that that business is far less likely to have a liquid event where the equity becomes valuable doesn't mean the business doesn't have value. Could be kicking off, you know, 500K, 700K um, to, to, the, to the founder or the founders, um, which we've talked about before, is a meaningful amount of money. You don't have Huge, to make that yeah. much money for very long um, for it to have value. But that's not liquidity within equity, which is where anybody else in the cap table starts to benefit, your investors, your employees, everybody right. else. So again, to your point, some of this has to do with the, the stage at which we're evaluating it. Can we see value in the company or not? What type of value has been created in the company and who's doing the evaluating, right? Because right. it's a very different decision for the founder versus employee two versus employee 500 versus lead investor versus last investor, right? So there's, there's a lot of dynamism in this entire discussion. Um, but back to your point, at that very, very early stage, how much you own of it is almost irrelevant because it's worth almost nothing at that point. Right. Right. We want to, we want to fight for it. Right. You know, cause we, we get sure. all pumped up because we're like, oh my God, you know, um, if I, if I only own, you know, 5% more then this would be yeah. a good deal or, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going back and forth with my co-founder and, and look, there is a time and a place where that discussion is meaningful and, and you, you'll be glad you fought for it, so to speak. But again, it's, it, it implies that the outcome is a given, right? right. That outcomes right. always happen. And it's just a linear scale as to how much I got. Right. right. How much it, I got and how long it took, right? Exactly. Well, not right. Quite. And it's like, look, um, when you go into something, even when you start your own thing, the probability of liquidity is so incredibly low. I think a lot of founders yeah. don't realize this. You know, they, sure. they, they, we hear about exits and IPOs and all these things all the time. What we don't realize is we're reading about 0.0001% of people who right. get to that outcome. Now, now I'll right. also say, though, there's a, a much larger percentage, as far as numbers go, of people who do have good outcomes. They're just not headline outcomes. Right, right. right. Either it's, it's not a $100 million dollar outcome. Yeah, yeah or, it's, or it's just a profitable company, right? Yeah. Where the, profitable the companies are, are great, by the way, guys. They're great. They're great. Yeah. Have one. If you don't have yeah. one now, have one. If it yeah. also goes you know, public at some point or gets sold or, or there's a big liquid event, awesome. Um, you know what one of the keys to having that happen is? the profitable company, right? Making so money. maybe just start there. <laughs> right? well, uh, so but I do what before, before, before we move on, because you've made this point before, and I think it's, I think it's valid here. It, this, this notion around fighting for the equity, because it is important. Um, one of the things that you've said in the past that, that I think really hit home is that that equity, regardless of what it's worth now, does represent 100% of the future value of the company. From, from an equity standpoint, right? Sure. We talk about this in, in the context of, you know, as you're thinking about, you know, taking on investors, um, as you're talking about, you know, how big the employee pool is, you know, well, you know, we need a developer. So let's, let's give one 40% of the cap table so we don't have to pay yeah. one, right? Feels okay right now when the equity is valueless. Um, if, and when you do get to that liquid event, you'll feel very, very, very differently about that decision that you made in that time. So I, I think it is worth noting that yes, fight for it then yes, move on. But, but do remember the fight part because this does represent all that the company can be worth 
in right. that future, um, regardless of which way it goes. I have a friend who uh, was a serial startup guy. And he, okay. he worked at the time, I'm thinking back for like five or six different startups and like name brand startups at the time, right? Uh -huh. um, where he got like a, a decent sliver of equity because he's in the C-suite. And time after time, for some unknown number of reasons, the startup ended up imploding before he ever got his liquid portion of it, right? Uh, I mean, this is like yeah. the most unlucky, you know, guy in, the, in that respect, right? <laughs> right. And I remember having this discussion with him and I, I kept saying, um, when you're looking at these anymore, having done this enough times and having enough misses and, and, and basically burning about 15 to 16 of the most valuable years of your career. Yes, yes. Wouldn't all you care about right now is probability? In other right. words, it, it, if you had two options, if I could get 1% you know, uh, at stake in a company that I knew was going to be liquid or 30% right. stake where I had no idea, I'd take the 1% every day of the week. Because yeah, for sure. Again, back to the probabilities. First, let's, 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 we have two compounding probabilities. First is the probability that the startup you're working at will ever become liquid, okay? Right. So, so that's one. The second is that you'll, you'll do two of them. The probability right. that you're, you're going to leave this startup, if it, if it is successful, and yeah. go to another one, and that one's going to be successful too. Yes. <laughs> so damn it. Like right. Winning the lottery twice. Well, you, can, you can put the number of people that's happened to on a single bus. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's that small. Right. And so, so we've got this concept and again, this is just, you know, lack of, when I say maturity, I just mean evolution kind of having been yep. through our own careers and stuff. Yeah. We have this idea that what I'll do is I'll work at this startup and, and it'll of course sell and, and yeah. I'll of course get liquid. You know, I'll, I'll be on the right side of the cap table when that happens. Of course. Always. And then, uh, then I'll go on the next one and then yeah. I'll do it again. And of course that'll, that'll sell and, uh, and I'll yeah. get liquid again. Yeah. It's funny. People, people start to treat it like investing in the stock market. 100%. It's not yeah. because it's, it's, it's the opposite because you're talking about one market that is literally designed to create liquidity. I mean, there are market makers to, to ensure liquidity, right? On the startup side of things, it's exactly the opposite, right? It, it, there, there is very little liquidity. And when liquidity comes along, it's a big surprise and, and an outstanding and, and, and low probability event. Um, but I think that people kind of have that mentality. It's like, I own this right. much of this company. Right back to your right. point, you know, when, when we think about those, those two paths, right? The, the one where like, I'm going to get a larger chunk of equity of something that's less certain, um, or I'm going to get a, a small piece of something that has an outcome. So like, if you're talking to the startup company, you're, you're thinking about joining as, as a co-founder, as, as, as employee five or whatever it is. And they're like, okay, so what's our next step? And they're like, we're going to give you 30% equity. Okay, what are we going to do next? Customer discovery. <laughs> cool, right? The value of that equity, yeah. not much, right? Because you're just right. beginning versus we're going to give you half a point in the company. Cool. What's the next thing we're going to do? We're going public in 12 months. Awesome, right? Like that's a liquid event that's coming. You now know more or less you uh, maybe not exactly what the value of that half percent is going to be, but you know that half percent will have some value attached to it, some value that you can actually extract. You can sell that stock if you want to, right? You can't do that in startup land, right? Right. Which, by the way, just, just another point of clarification, I talk to people who think that that's actually possible. What, that you can just sell your stock? Yes. I talked to somebody probably two, three months ago, um, an early employee at a startup that was now 
doing quite well from a profitability standpoint, but this employee realized that the owners really didn't have a strong intention of the type of growth it would take to go liquid. And so he said, so, so how do I sell my stock? And I had to kind of like reach through zoom and put my hand on his shoulder and go, you really can't. And, and then I tried to force the box of tissues through zoom as well, but (laughs) he just had to go find his own. Right. So I think that there are, there are a lot of misconceptions around what owning equity in, in a startup actually means, but don't want to take us too far off track. Yeah, right, but 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 it, it, there's again there's this assumption that what, whether I'm gonna <laughs> whether I'm gonna sell it on 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 this uh, phantom stock market or whether I'm yeah. gonna sell it you know <laughs> on, on exit that it that it will have some liquid value. Yep. And obviously uh, that's really really unlikely. But here's the interesting part: going back to people getting so hung up on this idea of how much do I have? Yeah. What they yeah. also forget is that regardless of how much you have, if you have anything. On the day that it sells, that it becomes liquid, it yep. will probably be life changing. Yeah, I'll go back to an example of a friend of mine. So uh, he was leaving a, a company that had done well, and he had multiple job offers from multiple companies, uh, startups, uh, and and because the co- the company had done well, he was being heavily recruited. Uh-huh. And uh, and he called me up and he said, "Hey, I want to walk through these options with you." And I said, "Yeah, let's, let's get into it." And he laid out each one. And uh, each of them were, were funded companies, uh, which just meant that, that they weren't starting from zero. Right, right. Um, some some them, implied value, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But one of them, which was much further along than the others, was offering him a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a point, right? Um, so much that I didn't even know how to calculate it. <laughs> right. But like, the hmm. difference is they were on track to go public within 18 months. Right? There you go, right? And I said, that's the one. That's, like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, huh? that's the horse you bet on. He's like, I wasn't even considering that one. I was like, uh-huh. that's, that's such a bullshit equity stake. I was like, doesn't matter. That yeah. one will actually be worth something. Right. And it's Here's a year the thing. and a half. <laughs> you have to multiply the two numbers together, right? Right. Like the, the, well, there's three numbers there actually, right? There's the probability, there's the equity that you own, and then there's the value of that equity at, at the time that it becomes liquid. Right. You Those three numbers tell you whether this is a bullshit equity offer or not. Right. Having a really small percentage of a company that has a liquid outcome that ends up having a ton of value means that you can still come out with a lot of money. I mean, like Facebook minted, I don't know how many millionaires, but it's it's a lot. And I can tell you the vast majority of them owned a percentage that if you just wrote down the percentage and I own this much of Facebook, it would have been laughable. Right. It's like right. Uh, I how many decimal points? I mean, yeah, you're you're four digits out, right? Doesn't matter. Right. Well, the other thing is, um, what people don't don't realize is, once you're liquid, you're also out. You're done. You don't yeah. have to work there anymore, right? You can yep. if you want to, right? Yep. Uh, he did for like another year, but yeah. generally speaking, uh, your your commitment is done, right? At which point you can go make more money somewhere else. Exactly. You are now free to go. The difference between him and everyone else that took all those other jobs he was being offered is he actually has money in the bank now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he has something to show for that year and a half yep. in, in, in the year thereafter, right? What we keep doing, again, because I think we're really misled by startup success, is we keep saying, well, I'll just, I'll just bank on this one. And I put you know two years, three years, five years, whatever, and it doesn't work out for any number right. of reasons. And then right. I go to the next one. 
And then I go to the next one and I'm sure there's some founders listening going, yeah, okay, I did actually do this quite a few times. <laughs> and I bet you don't have jack shit to show for it, right? <laughs> right, unfortunately. That's what ends up happening is if you can't get something to that liquidity level, you yeah. just wind up like a, like my other friend who I said right. went to five different startups, which are all venture funded startups and he had a C-level position. And at the end of like 16 years had $0 to show for it. Right. Right. In terms of liquid outcome. I mean, hopefully there was some salary along the way, but there are easier ways to make money than startup hopping, especially if he was doing this. And and often they, we do see this scenario, right? Where you're taking less than what your market salary would be in return for that equity stake, right? You're, you're hedging that bet. You're saying, okay, yeah, they're going to pay me less than I could earn somewhere else, but this thing's going to, you know, hand me a check someday. Okay, that one didn't. So this one's going to hand me a check someday. Right. Okay, that one didn't. So this one's going to hand me, right? And the, this, this serial behavior repeats. Um, and, and look, we're not trying to start people or talk people out of starting companies. We're quite the opposite. Like we, we want lots of people right. to start companies. We just want you to go into this with a clear understanding of what the value of this thing that tends to be such a critical focal point. Um, and, and like, look, well, we've seen companies blow up early stage over cap table arguments, right? At a point where, at a point where the, the, the cap table was valueless, right? Right. And it came down to just arguing over something that didn't have any value at that time, right? Right. Um, it, who knows? Maybe it would have gone on to have some value. We'll never know. Well, I think, I think part of that with a cap table that a lot of people, you know, don't comprehend is when I raise money, often the money that I raise has a preference uh, attached to it. And the preference for those, for folks that don't understand that means uh, if, if somebody gives me $10 million, if I sell the company, they get their $10 million first w- without any respect to how much of the company they, owe, they own, yep. and then they get their percentage, right? Right. And that, you know, depending on how much you sell for, that may or may not be material. But boy, right. you start seeing companies that raise 50, 100, 150 million dollars or more. And yeah. All of that is sitting on a preference. Um, it makes getting an outcome that makes my percentage <laughs> worth anything right. really, yeah. really, really difficult. Yeah. And there's no conversation to be had at that point, right? The founder can't go, well, I would prefer right? it doesn't happen, right? Not allowed. Right. At that point, right. it is what it is, right? You own what you own and the preferences are there. Um and sometimes those things compound. And I, I've actually, we, we help founders unwind this f- with some frequency around like the deal mechanics. Like, is this actually a good offer for me or not based on these compounding preferences, right? Like, so the early money in is treated differently than, the, than, you know, the series A, the series B, the series C. And sometimes it's quite hard for them to actually do the math and figure out like, okay, what really will be left over by the time all of the preferences are settled, by the time, you know, we, the, the pro routers are handled, like what's actually left and for, for whom? Cause it can get complicated and got complicated really quick. For sure. For sure. And I think when folks are raising, one of the things they get hung up on, I think this is kind of the opposite side of it is they say, okay, now I've raised and now I've only got three points left in the company. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if all of that effort led to the uh, higher probability that you'll be liquid at all, then three right. points was actually your best bet because yes, three stick points with of that. something that's liquid <laughs> is better than 30% of something that's not. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often, you actually can. You know, we're online all day 
every day working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com and let's just start talking. What we hear people talk about more often, you you use the word probability there. And let's stick on that because that's what you should actually be optimizing for. We did an entire podcast on this very concept of right. optimize for the, the, the probability of an outcome versus the size. But what you will typically hear people say, right? This is this like the age old justification for giving up equity in a company, right? Well, I'd rather own 10% of something that's worth X than 100% of something that's worth nothing. Of course you would, right? Of course you would. But with the time they take on the money, what they're thinking about is that that money is going to change the outcome size by more than what they're giving up in equity. I.e., I give up 50% of my company, but I'm going to sell it for 4x. So I'm 2x better than I was, right? Right. If I did the math right, and I did, um, versus if I take on this money and I own half as much of the company, I'm twice as likely to sell it all meaning that in, I'm actually going to make the same amount of money as if, if I took on the equity or not. Right. But the probability that I sell is 2x. That's the important part. So what you said there was super, super, super important, but I, I think it can get easily misconstrued and glossed over because we hear this all the fucking time, right? Well, I'd rather own 2% of something that's worth, yeah, okay, fine. Yes, that, that, that math works too, but that's not really what you're optimizing for because it's not really worth anything until that liquid event. So taking on the capital should be pointed towards the likelihood that that event occurs in the future, right? Yes, the size of the outcome is important. Yes, what you own at that moment is important. You need to do that math too. But what you said was the most critical piece of all of this, which is that it should change the likelihood of whether you sell or not. If it doesn't, then really, really think about what you're actually doing in that moment. You know, the other thing that people don't consider is that taking on capital um, doesn't necessarily increase your probability. I mean, ideally it does, right? But it definitely decreases your optionality. It increases the probability that you need to sell, right? It, it sort of forces that outcome. But but if what you wind up building is a, is a $5 million business that generates, yep. let's say, 500000 or 750000 in in profit, that would yep. have been a great outcome. You know, from right. a probability standpoint, you yes. would have been in an outstanding position. Yes. But now you've you've raised money and distributions aren't an option. And now you're in a, in, in a situation where you actually have reduced your probability based on the capital raise. Happens Correct. all the time, right? Yes. Now, now that said, um, Obviously, none of us has a crystal ball. None of us can say, oh, well, you know, if, if, I, if I take this percentage in this company, then it, it's an absolute, you know, given. What we're right. really saying is, number one, if you do have the option <laughs> of, of comparing uh, probabilities, always go with probabilities over percentages, sure. Yes. The, sec the second is, there's, there's really no way since you know, you know, whether something can be probable to, to, to know where it's going to go. However... If you do find yourself in a situation where you're on a train that actually does have some probability, yeah, hold on to that yeah. train. Yes. In, in Ryan, you know, we go through this ourselves. We're about almost 10 years into startups.com. Uh, and we've built a real business, right? We've got an yeah. eight-figure business. It's profitable. It's debt-free. Um, and we know it's worth something. We don't know yes. how much, 
right? Right. We don't know what our probability of this exit or that exit is. Nobody does, right? But we know it's worth something. Right. So the, the way we look at the business is we're not going anywhere until we figure out, you know, how to maximize this outcome. Because right. for us, I'm using myself included, jumping ship and going somewhere else doesn't make any sense. In my case, if I Correct. said, oh, I'm just going to go start a new business, right? You know, I, I, I own startups.com, but I've also got to start this new business. And I'm like, fuck that, right? I would hit you over the head and you would find yourself locked in a room. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I'm like, look, I'm not taking any chances, right? I know this is a winner. How yeah. big of a winner? Time will tell, right? Right. Exactly. But no way. If for, for other founders, when they have something that's winning, this I see a lot, um, where they've got a winner, but they say to themselves, ah, it's a winner, but you know, I think this new idea over here might be more of a winner, oh, right? Oh, that other pasture with the ever. greener grass. Yeah. Biggest yeah, mistake always. ever. Always shiny ball syndrome, grass is greener, right? Like this will be, you know, they, they saw somebody else who took something similar, public faster or whatever it is. Uh, yep. Maybe they're just a little bit burnout and they can justify like, I'd rather go do this. Yeah. And, and this isn't something that we see sometimes. Like, sadly, this is something that we see a lot of, right? I, you know, one of the things that, that I talk about to people a lot in the context of marketing is, is false negatives, um, right. And it, it, right, which is to say that like you haven't made a sufficient investment in money, time, or the right resources to bring a channel to life in a way that you get that return that you're looking for, right? That, but but you're 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 not at the point where you can actually make that determination, and so you you bow out of a channel before you should have. And we see people bow out of startups before they should have. And in this case, the really sad thing is a lot of the false negatives in these cases are completely manufactured. These, these, these right. one, one, one-sided handshakes, these internal, you know, only one voice in the head uh, conversations that we have with ourselves that lead us to these conclusions. And luckily a lot of founders come to us with these questions and we, we sort of like walk them through it and say like, well, let's, let's unpack why you're actually thinking about making this change. And why you think the probability of starting from zero with something that has no inherent value versus something you've been working on for three or four years that has cash flow, has a team, has a roadmap, right? Now, is the probability of an exit certain? No. Is the probability of an exit even clear? No. But you are certainly farther down that train track than you are with saying, drop the hand grenade into this one and jump to that one, right? So yeah, right. it's a point well made, Will. The, and the mistake every time is thinking that we'll just keep making hits, right? Yeah. The last one was a hit, and, and that didn't seem that hard in the grand scheme of things, so the next one's right. got to be a hit. Not likely. Yeah. We, we are yeah. all one-hit wonders in this business. Um, That's correct. And I, and I think, you know, kind of the reset factor when we think about, um, hey, let's go start something new, or hey, let's jump ship, et cetera, is how much time does that cost me, Oof. right? Because what we're missing is, like, let, let's say for us, Ryan, you and I have been working this business for uh, almost 10 years. Um, yes. That's a long time. It however, is. however, in that 10 years, we created something of value. Correct. That same 10 years could have gone by just as easily. I've done it and created something of no value, right? Right. Um, the, the assumption was whatever we were about to do in the last 10 years was going to create value. Now we're only evaluating whether this was enough value, right? Yes. Broken argument. Then we say, well, I don't think this will be a big enough exit. So I'm going to go restart and go do it again. Right. Dumbest argument in the world, right? People do yes. it all the time, myself included. Yep. 
And, yep. and, and the assumption is, well, if that one was successful, obviously the next one's going to be successful. Of course it's kind it of will. a given, right? Because it's me. It rarely it's all is. me. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it rarely is. And then on top of that, well, what ends up happening is we give up what we had, bird in the hand, yep. right? Yes. Let it fail. I see this all the time. And then we latch onto something that has almost not no probability, but low probability because it's a restart. Right. And what we get killed on in that process is time. We yeah. wind up burning three, five, seven years in the new thing at the cost of yep. the thing that was bird in hand and wind up yes. with not only the, the loss of you know potential upside, but the time we can't replace. And I right. think that's the part people are missing. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and, and again, it, it happens a lot, right? And it happens for a lot of reasons. And, I, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to all of them. Um, you know, we desperately want these outcomes, right? We, we work ourselves to the bone for these outcomes. And it can be very, very easy, especially in a moment of vulnerability where we're already kind of burnt out and like something else comes along, and it's like, <clears throat> you know, again, lots and lots of reasons. I think one of them is that you're about to then go back to the stages that you've just been through, whereas you're staring a lot of uncertainty in the face with the current startup. Yep. But it's like, but I kind of know how to do all the things that lead up to this point. So I can go yep. be successful at those things in the new startup and get it to this same stage, right? So that'll feel good. I can kind of go back to my comfort zone. I don't know, maybe it's like coming out of triple A ball and ended up in the pro leagues and, 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 you know, your, your batting average drops in half. I don't know. I don't know that much about baseball, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, th I, th I think there's a thing called triple A and I, and I know there's a thing called batting average. So it's like we, maybe we, you know, we, we have this feeling that like, maybe I should just go back to that league that I'm more comfortable playing in. Right. I feel like I can be a more successful leader at that earlier stage. And that feels good. Now, I don't think objectively that's what they're thinking about. I don't think it's what they're talking about, but I get the sense in talking to founders that a lot of them are feeling that I want to go back to where I felt effective right now. I'm at that sure. place where I don't know how to go to the next level. Yep. Guess what? Nobody does, right? It's a secret for everyone every time. You have to figure it out. You have to fight through it. But rather than do that, I see a lot of people, it's like those cars they used to sell in the airport where like when it hits the wall, it rolls over backwards and then just goes the other direction. Yep. We see founders do this all the time, right? Well, can't pass the wall, so I'll just go this way. The trade-off and the cost of that decision and the, the time factor, the, the probability factor, all of those things um, are, are massive. Uh, it, like you said, like if we were to decide to just do something different tomorrow, we would walk away and, and, and the value wouldn't hang, right? It's not like it's, it's created. So then it stays and it's just there. It's not like it's equity that we've built in the home that we can transfer to a new startup, right? Right. It's like you, it's like you gave away your house and took on another 30 year mortgage and started right. over again without getting anything for it. You'd never right. do that, right? You'd be like, that sounds dumb. It's the same thing, guys, right? You wouldn't give away the value in an asset simply to start over with a new mortgage. But that's exactly what you're doing when you decide to trade startups. I do see people kind of in a similar situation that we're in with, with, with an with a important caveat. We, we know what the market value of our company is. I mean, we get called mm -hmm. by PE firms like every three days um, yeah. asking if we want to do some sort of exit deal. We don't, by the way, stop calling us. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, 
but the difference is like we've hit a point, an inflection point where we know there's value, right? Um, yep. Either as an ongoing enterprise or a sale, what have you. A lot of founders or a lot of folks in a team, that, that, that's not where they're at, right? right. They're like, hey, I'm, I'm five to seven years into this thing. I don't really know if this thing's got any liquid value. Right. You know, right. maybe it's something where we're still trying to get product market fit. Right. Happens all the time. Maybe it's something where we raised a long time ago and now we're kind of ghost ship status. Don't know where that's going to go. Right. Again, but those are, these are probabilities. What I would also say is that if you have no line of sight on probability, probability of exit. Right. But you know that you've got seven years deep in this thing. I'm just making up a number and maybe seven to go. That's a problem. Right, because now you're on yeah. the other side of the probability problem, where you're like, "Huh, right. if I stick around, I, I, really, there's there's no more guarantee that this is going to work than if I went to go do something else." At that point, right. the maths pretty much suggests take your pick. <laughs> like, like either yeah. way you go has honestly similarly shitty probability. Um, Correct. But but at the moment you get line of sight on liquidity, hold on, right? So right. the best that yeah. you can doesn't mean it'll always happen. But but back to our assumption, jumping and starting over just starts that whole timer again. And, and Ryan, one of the, the things that we're, I think you and I are more conscious of than ever is you only have so many years at peak earning potential, right? Correct. To be able to take these kinds of gambles, et cetera. You don't yes. have that many options to let it all ride, right? right. In your 20s, right. you sort of do, right? In your 30s, you get a few more shots. By the time you get in your 40s and beyond, the cost of making right. these errant decisions using bad yes. math becomes exponential and in many cases irreversible. And I think that right. I think that's a part that folks aren't quite understanding. Yeah, that, that time curve really starts to work against you at some point, right? Like, you know, right. I, not to be morbid, but we're all working on a finite timeline. Um, sure. We don't know exactly what that finite timeline is, um, but we do know just from averages, you know, you can you can sort of look at that earnings curve um, and there there is a peak point, right? And if you're on your third, fourth, or fifth startup, chances are you're in that period where you can and should, if you're trying to maximize earnings, maximize revenue, maximize salary, or whatever, that's the time at which you're going to do it. Right. And so I, th that absolutely has to be factored into that. You know, you, you took me back in time um, with something you said a few minutes ago, which uh, was was around that that you're at seven years in and now you have some line of sight on understanding like you're like, look, we're still looking for product market fit. We're still trying to do some of these things that are that are essentially aligned with uh, what would be a fairly early stage startup, meaning that I've got at least another seven years to figure out whether these probabilities change much. Um, and it took me back to an episode that we did called, you know, I probably slaughter the name, but it was something along the lines of how to know when to fold the tents, yep. right? And, and we went through some of the calculus on how you figure out whether this is the time to do this or not. And there's a lot baked into that, right? It was well beyond just the, the, the probabilities. It's, it's how you're feeling about it. It, you know, it, was a, it was a very emotional episode um, as well. But um, the, the probability absolutely gets factored into that, right? If you're no more certain seven years in than you were a year or two in, definitely time to really be thinking about this and probably time to be getting some serious outside perspective on it from other founders because, you know, it's, it's either something that you're just refusing to see um, or unwilling to admit at that point um, about the business, right? And so 
seek some advice, seek some help, get some perspective. Um, because if you're no more certain seven years in than you are from, you know, day one or year one, um, that's kind of an issue, right? <laughs> it's, it's a real problem. Uh, look, I, I think if, if what we're considering here is that all that really matters, like I said, we, isn't the percentage, it's the probability at all. I think yep. time is a factor. I think situation is a factor. Like I said, you know, where you might be in the cap table or, or, or uh, whether or not if this thing does become liquid, it ever matters to you. Right. But if, if I had five decisions to make every single time, I'm going to rank them backward by which one is the highest probability of outcome yep. in the shortest period of time. Net of everything yes. else, I don't care how much I own. All right, so that was fun, but let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit and let's just start having more of these conversations.